Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us today on The Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. Today you will hear Dr. Jeremy McCory's teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul's reliance on the Spirit. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to a closer walk with God. Let's look in this. Uh, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. You know, I, I think about the Holy Spirit, and I often think that we don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. I often think that we don't understand the power that's within us. If you and I are a new creation in Christ, the old is gone and new has come, then the power of God exists in you and I, right? The dwelling place of the Holy Spirit is in us. So when we go out in whatever we do, we do all things for God's glory, but we do them in the power of His Spirit. His power is infinite, right? His power is not limited. It is infinite. It is limitless. That means that you and I, when we are doing the Lord's work, the power within us is immense, unparalleled with anything that this world tries to offer. And, and when we go, as we are to, we are to go in humility. Now, humility is not something that, that, that pours off the tongue too much for many people. Humility is not something that most people think about, but humility means that we understand before God, we aren't too big, are we? We aren't much of nothing, but God, in awe of Him, in humility, we love others greater than ourselves. In humility, we understand that God has a plan and a purpose beyond our own ideals and our own wants. So Paul, in this passage, really digs into these things about the Spirit, but also the, the wisdom and the faith that we ought to have. Now, in the indwelling and filling of the Spirit, the New Testament speaks of Christians being both indwelt and filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference in the two. Through its wiring, a system in a building may be indwelt by electricity. It is filled with power only if it is allowed to work through the electrical appliances, the lights, the motors, and the like. At the moment of regeneration, the Christian is indwelt by the Spirit. But the individual is filled with the Spirit when he yields his life to the Spirit's direction and power. If you and I wish to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we must yield our body, our total self, to Him that He might work in and through us. So for us, it's got to be, God, what do you want to do today? God, what is your Spirit leading? And what are you giving me the strength to do? Each and every day it's a battle. When you open up your eyes, you thank God for what He has done. For another day to live for Him. For another day to proclaim Him. For another day to do better than you did the day before. Because we often fall short, don't we? We often get more about us than we get about Him. So the power of the Holy Spirit is greater. And we have to understand this, 
not only in the life of Paul, which we will see in a minute, but we have to understand this in our own life as we yield ourselves to Him. Not my way, but God's way. Not my will, but your will. And it takes within us a conscious surrendering to Him each and every day. We have to say, God, it's not me. I can't make it. I can't do it. I'm not able. But God, your power within me gives me the ability to do the things which I cannot do and to be able to do great and greater things for your kingdom. It's about accomplishing the things that God has given us and called us to because God has given us so much. We are a blessed people with immense capabilities given to us for God's glory. And so Paul understood what it meant to be reliant on the Holy Spirit. He couldn't do anything apart from God. And I argue this morning that you nor I can do anything apart from the Spirit of God. But I tell you, and I tell you we need to put the world on notice that the Holy Spirit in us is greater than the world around us. And there's nothing that we cannot withstand and overcome in the power and the might of God. So this morning, let's look in the passage as we see in chapter 2 uh, how this all comes about. So in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, we will dig into this. It says this, it says in verse 1 and 2 about humility, it says, And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority or speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So he said, you know what, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about why. It's about who I serve the Jesus who died and was crucified for my sins, for your sins, and the dwelling of the Holy Spirit within me. It is greater that I proclaim the testimony of Christ, the testimony of His salvation, than anything else. And I, and I argue with you this morning about this. I say, you know, it's greater that you and I proclaim the testimony of God than anything else, right? The testimony of our salvation and how God can save others. It isn't enough for you and I to have the power of God in us. It isn't enough for you and I just to have that security ourselves. It isn't enough for us to just get through life. We are to be ones who carry the light into a dark world and proclaim the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Our God has the power to change the darkest soul in this world. And you and I are living testimony to the fact that God can redeem anyone. Amen? Because I tell you, I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. Those who've yet to accept Christ don't deserve it. We can't be good enough. We can't work hard enough. But it's only by His grace his loving mercy that you and I can proclaim that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So he's saying here, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God Almighty in us. And so in humility, 
He was seeking to speak to people at a different level. Where the world might tell us it's all about us, it's all about God. And we got to turn our hearts that direction intentionally, that we might stay within the right manner in our lives. So Paul then further goes along and he talks about the message on faith. Message on faith. So let's look at verse 3. It says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my message and my preaching were not persuasive in words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5 says, So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. He's saying, you know what, there's a lot of things I said. There's a lot of things I preached. But I want you to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to follow one man, one person, one being that's around here. I want you to follow God. And I want you to follow God and not me. There's very much a, a fellowship of a lot of people in this world, but there needs to be a following of the Almighty God. It says the power of God, not the wisdom of man. And so there was very much a distinct focus on where their allegiance needed to lie. And so we see everyday people that are that are putting their focus and their heart in things that do not last. But we must understand the only lasting is the almighty Holy Spirit of God. And we proclaim that today. So Paul's message as he looks forward in this wisdom and this understanding. Verse 6 says, Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom... However, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak the God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages of our glory. There was a turning to God's wisdom here. It says, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which the eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. So what's the message? That most people are going to miss what's right before them. The message is that Jesus was walking among man. He was right there doing amazing and miraculous things that nobody else could do. He was the promised one, the Almighty God. And there were people that missed Him. They missed Him. They said, you know what? I don't think He exactly fits to what I'm thinking. I need, again, I need. I think He, he doesn't exactly fit into what I've heard. But the truth of God said this. He was very much everything that we needed for the redemption of our sin. He was more than enough. And the people did what? They had Him crucified, right? So we live in a world where people need to see transparency, don't they? They need to see the authenticity of God in us. They need to see the power of God, the Spirit of God, 
be something that is of utmost importance in our lives. They need to see that lived out daily, and they need to understand that there is a wisdom that comes from Him that is unparalleled with anything in this world. And it doesn't matter whether you live in the smallest house or the biggest house, whether you're of prominence in society or you feel like nobody listens to you. We all need Jesus Christ. And we all need to understand that there are so many around us that need Jesus Christ and need to know of His name. I love the way we say it, that they need to know before it's everlasting too late. You and I know, and many of us are reminded throughout time, the brevity of life. That we are here today and gone tomorrow. And very quickly life changes. But the Word of God never ever changes. And so what we need to do is to live within that understanding that God loves us and gave His his Son up for us that we might have life through Him. So we see that, that God revealed in the Spirit how we ought to think and go. It says, verse 10, it says, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. You and I do not live off of the world, the things of this world which are temporary, the wisdom of this world which is flimsy at best, and the well-meaning colloquialisms that we can put together to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. We don't live in that means. We live in the Spirit of the Almighty God. And it's only by His power that you and I can make it through this life that we're in. You and I have to go through difficulties, sorrows and hardships, temptations, And the world around us seemingly is unlimited with the amount of answers that it can afford us. You can look up online and find things that you never thought would ever be accessible to anyone, anywhere, anytime. But I'm telling you, the world can look anywhere, but they will not find unless they look to the Almighty for answers. You know, I found that so many people are looking for this or that in this world. And they're going to miss Jesus Christ. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The power of the Holy Spirit to change. The power of the Holy Spirit that does greater things in our lives. And we can get so enamored by our own personal issues that we fail to see the issues of others around us. That we fail to love others well that we fail to seek their needs before our own that we fail to to understand that god has placed within us his spirit and it's not a spirit of timidity 
it's not a spirit of meekness in the sense of, I don't want to offend somebody. It is a bold lion that God has given us. And His strength and His spirit is greater than anything we face in this world. So you and I have, have got to stop saying, well, the, you know, all these other things and offering up excuses. We've got to say God within us gives us the ability and the power to bring all things and do all things for His glory. And that means that we have to proclaim that He is the name above all names. And at every name and every knee shall bow among Jesus Christ and saying that He is Lord. Whether or not they believe on this side of heaven or not, they're going to stand before the Almighty God. God is greater and the Holy Spirit within us gives us the power and the ability to walk through every day regardless of the circumstance and hold our heads high where our help comes from and proclaim that He is the Lord. Whatever it is, whatever the circumstance, you and I are afforded the fact that we can be children of God. And there's absolutely nothing this world can do about it. But I will tell you this, as children of God, we've got to start living in that manner. We can't just have well wishes and well thoughts about the world around us. Well, look how bad the world's getting. Well, I understand that. It's been getting that way ever since the garden. Look how bad the world's getting. I bet he's coming back right now. Well, if he's coming back right now, why aren't you out amongst everybody telling them the good news? Why aren't you living as if the Holy Spirit has redeemed you and can redeem anyone, anywhere, anytime, any place? So it's the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's the power of these spiritual thoughts with words. But what does a natural man do? It says here, as it dif differentiates a natural versus spiritual, verse 14 says, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is a spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The foolish man lives like the world. And I'm always astonished at Christians that are saying, Why do you do these things? They don't have Christ within them. They don't know of the love of Christ, the redemption that can change. They don't know of those things, but they want to. And I tell you, the world is looking for answers, for hope, for a definitive answer to the human prediction of what happens when we die. And they want to know how to live. Because they're tired of carrying the burdens of this world alone. And they're tired of trying to figure out right from wrong and why they are here. And they're trying to figure out how their burdens can't, can't hold them so hard. And how they might walk in a new life. And maybe you've been that person and maybe you've been there. And you're trying to figure out if you could just have one day, one moment, one second where you could actually take a deep breath. Y'all, the only way you and I will ever find relief is within the freedom of the Holy Spirit. That's where redemption comes from. That's where mercy flows from. 
That's where grace beyond grace beyond measure comes from. And it's the power of God that can change each and every soul. So how do you and I engage in what the gospel is trying to do in our lives? Do we say, well, that's left up to this person or that person, when God has called you to do something where you are? How many of you know that Jesus redeemed you? And how many of you are willing to tell others, do not be ashamed of the gospel? It's the power of God that gives you the ability and the wisdom to speak truth. So how do you pursue after God and His will? You come every day with hands held out saying, God, do your best in me. God, as an act of submission, I hold my hands out and God, I say, I can't do this by myself. I can't operate on fumes. I can't make it on my own understanding because I am going to mess up. But God, do your best in me. And when you say, God, do your best in me, what's God going to do? He's going to do something you can't do for His glory. Because that one person that you've been trying to reach out to in your own wisdom... God has said, you know what? I wanted you to rely on me and my wisdom. And the one person you've been praying for, God does something in their life. And then they come to you and they say, you know what? I know you've been talking to me about this, but, but I haven't been able to connect it. But the light came on and all these things came together. And everything you've been telling me and everything that's been said now comes together. And I don't know what's different. And you say the power of the Holy Spirit is what change is all about. You and I can't will ourselves into it. We can't do it on our own. And we have to remain connected to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit within us, in order that we might pursue after Him. And as you and I encounter various challenges that come our way, what's our response? Do we seek God? Do we seek Him first? Do we look to Scripture? Do we allow for the dwelling, the indwelling of God to speak within us greater than any voice that we hear in this world? In other words, the wisdom. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. What we encounter within these passages here is that this, we have the mind of Christ and the power of Christ and the wisdom of Christ at our disposal. Why don't we embrace that? Scripture says we have not because we ask not. How many times do we try to do it by ourselves when we should be asking God? More times than we should, right? But God doesn't want us to put her along. Like we're about to run out of gas and just hope that we get there. God wants us to live an abundant life. He wants us to live a life that brings glory to his name. He wants us to understand that by relying on the Holy Spirit, you and I can do great and mighty things for his glory. He wants us to understand that his story still needs to be told today. Amen. The story of redemption is still true today as ever it was. 
And we are entering in a time of revival, and many of us think, well, I'll come to it because that's what I ought to do. But you're not thinking right. You need to think, what can God do in my life that I might be closer to Him? What can I change that God might redeem me? What can God do in my life that I might be more useful for Him in this world? How can I bring other people to come to revival that they might know Jesus, that they might taste and see that the Lord is good, that they understand that they are not a sum of all the wrong things that they've done, but they are a mere breath away from the redemption of Jesus Christ if they allow for their heart and mind to call out to Him. See, the world thinks they are done, finito. But God says where the world says everything's done, I want you to understand Jesus made a way. I have seen the hardest of hearts turn to Jesus Christ. And I've seen the power of God that can change. And I've seen what God does in someone's life. People that we've been praying for, that we've tried to reach out to, that many of us have invited to church and anything and everything. But someone who was faithful kept going and going and praying and praying. And it's because of those faithful people in your life and my life that you and I are here today. You didn't hear the gospel one time. You heard the gospel and saw it lived out day by day. There were people praying for me throughout my life that my hard head would hear what I needed to hear. And thank God they did. And maybe there's some people that are praying for you to hear the message that you need to hear this morning. The message of hope and redemption through Jesus alone. The power that the Holy Spirit has to redeem even the most darkest of souls. And maybe you came this morning feeling unloved and unworthy. And then maybe it's the Holy Spirit that reminded you that He loves you. And He has the power to redeem you and bring hope into a hopeless situation. You don't have to carry the burdens. You can come to Him and He will forgive. And Scripture says that He, he not only forgives, but He wipes these sins as far as the east is from the west. In other words, you might remember the things you've done, but the debt of that sin is gone. So I invite you to come to Jesus this morning. Maybe you'd like to come down forward this morning and, and call out before Him at the altar and pray for someone in your heart and mind that you just can't let go of, that you've been praying for. Maybe it's a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a classmate, whomever it is. Maybe you're just praying that God put somebody in your way this week that you get to tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ and the upcoming revival. And God gives you an opportunity to participate in His plan for His glory. Maybe you're here and you'd love to be a part of friendship. Whatever it is, I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me as I pray. Father God, we come this morning, God. God, we want nothing of us. God, we want more of you. Heavenly Father, you remind us through the story today that we are to humbly seek you and your spirit. Heavenly Father, we don't fully grasp nor understand the power that is within us, your power. Heavenly Father, as we stand in a world full of darkness, 
Heavenly Father, let us illuminate as your light for your kingdom. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are here this morning that absolutely have no relationship with you. That need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are loved, they are cherished, and that your son died for them. That it's not by their own merit, but it's because of what Jesus did. As he died for our sins and rose from the grave. So we can stand before you, God. Forgiven and loved. If we accept Jesus Christ. So God, I pray this morning as we enter a week before our revival. That God, if somebody has that on their heart this morning. They don't wait another moment to call on to you, God. Heavenly Father, I pray for the many that are hurting, the many that are in need, the poor in spirit, the widow, the orphan, the hurting of this world. God, I ask, God, God, just do your work in them. God, send people, love them. God, help the church love them as they ought to. Heavenly Father, I pray for the many in our lives which we've identified in our minds and hearts, God, that we hope that they know and come to know Jesus Christ before it's too late. God, I pray that we actively participate in your plan in this world, that you might use your greatest in us to reach those around us. Heavenly Father, God, I pray for our time this morning. And I pray for your spirit's anointing in this room. God, it's for your glory. Today and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have. And we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.